0: Burgess Show. I am, of course, your host, Rob Burgess. On this, our 169th episode, a returning guest is Jonathan Fowler. You first heard Jonathan Fowler on episodes 2, 10, 20, 21, 29, 30, 31, 32, 34, 35, 43, 48, 51, 56, 64, 74, 83, 92, 102, 103, 104, 105, 106, 107, 108, 109, 111, 114, 115, 116, 119, 126, 127, 133, 137, 140, 146, 147, 149 153 156 158 160 162 164 167 168 and episode 82 which also featured fellow regular guest ash burgess of the podcast jonathan graduated with a ba in history from indiana university in 2006 he is an unabashed left-wing political junkie he has lived and worked in south korea for over 10 years trying to help the citizens of that great nation hopefully talk pretty one day a quick programming note, this is the third of three episodes which were recorded before the pandemic began in the United States, and the Democratic presidential debates were still going. My plan was to drop in original audio between our conversation, but then everything happened. I was concerned these would be lost episodes, but luckily, since time is now a flat circle, you're free to enjoy this conversation, though without the original audio clips. And now onto the show.
1: Happy Super Tuesday to you.
2: Yeah, I guess it's starting now. Uh The the end of the beginning, the beginning of the end. Yeah. We don't know where we're going here.
1: (laughs) Definitely. uh, Are you on a headset right now? Yep. Uh, Can you go back to the way you were?
3: (laughs) The way we
1: were. (laughs) (laughs) Hold on. Uh, Okay. Hello? Hello? Yeah, that's actually a lot better.
2: Huh. Okay, that's going to be a problem because part of my strategy today was to take brief notes on post-it notes and then read through the uh (laughs) the the thing on my smartphone while i'm while i'm talking go go
1: ahead that's i can still hear you fine go ahead and put it back on then
2: so no no i i can wait for a little while actually it's uh okay yeah yeah it'll it comes up later i I took like five or six pages of regular notes and then i switched over because i got you know i was going crazy so i switched to post-it notes thank you amy klobuchar (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah right from minnesota right
2: <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh, yeah without the great ingenuity in your state that you fostered i'm sure we would have never had these brilliant little rectangles of color <laughs>
1: and you can go to amy oh wait <laughs> <laughs> yeah
2: she should sell some amy klobuchar post-it notes or something on there
1: mm-hmm. well they'd be uh joe biden at this point right but
2: oh yeah she's done yeah. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of stuff has happened. I, I was, you know, I guess, you know, the, that the DNC pressure must be real because like to have Amy and, and Buddha like drop out right before super Tuesday is crazy. I mean, I understand. Well, I understand a couple of things. I, I think I understand that neither one of them wanted to have a loss on their records. Right. Although I think Amy Klobuchar has got her first mm-hmm. loss. So Thank God we never actually have to hear her say that thing about how she's never lost an election anymore because she just dropped out. So, but I think Pete Buttigieg was imprimatur upon. I don't know if that's a word. That's right. Something like that. Yeah. It was. It was. It was put upon him that he needed to drop out before he got himself embarrassed again in Super Tuesday in several states if he wants to have a national profile in the future.
1: Yeah, I mean it's interesting though because he did end up winning uh, Iowa, not by a lot, but it was it was he squeaked it out. So popular vote? Mm, delegates, maybe.
2: Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, okay. It, you know, I think it was going to get embarrassing for him there pretty soon, but I think that they're Yeah, I don't I know. Think, don't yeah. get me started right now. Don't get me started on <laughs> it. I, I've I been know. watching. I've been reading the news, you know, off and on all day, and I've seen so many like think pieces and things on Twitter where like Warren supporters are like, oh, "Don't get me started." <laughs> it's it's <laughs> it's getting bad. It's like Joe Biden is getting the centrist to coalesce around him, and I, all I see on Twitter today is like Warren supporters like, "You know, we're not actually political pundits. We shouldn't have to think about what it means if we support our candidate." right or wrong whether she can win or not anymore you know we don't have to think two moves ahead you know (laughs) of what it means that if we if we vote for her right now and don't encourage her to drop out and support Bernie that like you know that (laughs) we're basically handing this thing on a silver platter to to Joe Biden to lose in November Mm
3: -hmm.
2: because you know (laughs) Klobuchar, Buttigieg, I think I saw uh, Beto O'Rourke are all throwing their weight in with uh, with uh, Joe Biden.
1: Mm, Really? Even 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 Beto?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Wow.
1: I hadn't heard from Beto lately.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Nobody had. (laughs) But yeah. But, you know, I don't know. You know, I don't know what Elizabeth Warren is trying to prove. And, you know
1: yeah what do you think like, that's about like there's no way it's gonna happen, right? I mean, she hasn't even come in the top three in the last races right
2: i yeah, I heard her I think she's mostly been polling around fourth or fifth in various places, and i mm-hmm. I think you know, I think you know our boy may be about to embarrass her in her own home state, so maybe yeah, that's that... what needs to happen, but it's like you know. It's I I have I have my theories about what it's what it's about with her and more more what it's about with her supporters than what it's about with her. But I don't know. I think, um, oh, God, I just I, I think that there's certain kinds of voters who, you know, it's it's more important for them to get a woman into office than it is to actually, you know, stand by any of the values that 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 uh, Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders actually share, you know, 80% of or something. Mm-hmm. So they'd rather, you know, they'd rather keep backing this losing campaign for a couple more days or weeks and, and you know, and throw the whole next four years away to centrist Democrats and or, and or Donald Trump, depending on how that goes, rather than coalesce around a candidate who can win. And, you know, I don't know, I've heard yeah. all kinds of, seen all kinds of stuff online today about Various things, you know, you know, don't, you know, don't ask us to drop out. We're not, you know, we, we can vote for whoever we want to. Yeah, that's true. But, you know, it's not smart. It's like then don't ever complain about Bernie supporters who didn't vote for Clinton in 2016, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, because they they were just exercising their democratic rights. They can do whatever they want. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and don't come at me with that either, because I voted for Clinton. So, Mm -hmm. But I don't know. It's a toxic environment.
1: Yeah, it's bad. It's so upsetting that you know the other side can coalesce so easily. And I'm not even just talking I'm, about Republicans. I'm talking about mainstream Democrats too. It's like
2: I'm, I'm not even going to say it was easy. I'm I, I I can't imagine what kind of pressure was brought to bear on Klobuchar and Buttigieg to make them both drop out at the same moment,
1: but <laughs> and support the same person. It's it's interesting to watch this debate and no, that's how it's going to turn out, you know, with all the sniping between the two of them.
3: Yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it's like that moment in Mortal Kombat, the original 1995 movie, where (laughs) where, uh, Shang Tsung is like, this is Scorpion, and this is his arch-rival Sub-Zero, but under me, they work together, because that's (laughs) just how much power I have. (laughs) I, I don't know if you could drop audio of a movie in there that'd be amazing but oh yeah i don't know bob (laughs) i'm starting to think you know we don't don't worry about demonetized or takedowns on on uh youtube i think just focus on the podcast and just drop in whatever audio we want gorilla
1: radio style
2: (laughs) yeah fuck it man (laughs) they can't arrest us both
1: yeah because i'm outside the
2: country (laughs)
1: Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Outside extradition. Actually, I think they do extradite from South Korea.
2: <laughs> yeah. And it, actually, I've got some good news. Well, some bad news and some good news, I think. Oh, yeah? Yeah, there's, you know, some, unfortunately, some members of my family are having some health difficulties at this point. And, mm. uh, but long story short, it looks like I'm going to probably be coming back to America in April for one month.
1: Oh, no kidding. That's when uh, that's when our new baby's coming, so he will be right there to help us out when yeah. the baby comes out. <laughs> you're up, you're up for the, the night feedings and the two AM feedings and, <laughs> and yeah, all that, I, right? I,
2: I I can try to, you know, I don't know, <laughs> feeding or changing a diet. Well, I can't feed the thing, but I I don't know. Do you guys got bottles?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. No, they have those things where you can put what is that thing, Ash, where you put it on and the man pretends like he's he's brist- <laughs> Oh, yeah, geez. they they have bottles <laughs> that are shaped like nipples, so you can you can actually you know get in on treats, the fun. Treats
2: objects like women, like we're dude. <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly. Well, that's awesome though. Yeah, you're you're definitely welcome here. We got a really nice couch. So
2: sweet. Yeah, I don't want to be you know I wouldn't want to be underfoot too much. It sounds like you guys are gonna have a lot going on, but at this at the, on the other hand, I've never experienced the miracle of childbirth, so.
1: <laughs> well, I don't, I don't so know I, I can go either like way. Go room, but if you're here during the right time in April, you may be here for, for all that. So.
3: <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. If
1: the, yeah. The stars align. <laughs>
2: yeah. Well, it's wow. Yeah. It's, it's pretty awesome. Cool. Well, I'll definitely see if I can get up there at some point and maybe we can like re- record a live podcast or maybe even like do some video content for people or something. I don't know.
1: Oh, yeah. For sure. Yeah. It'd be fun.
2: Yeah. So anyways, yeah. So I'm I'm incredibly frustrated. We'll see what happens right now. I mean, you know, up until this point, everybody's been saying, you know, five thirty eight, you know, everybody's been saying this is this is, you know, Bernie's the front runner. And after Super Tuesday, he may become the prohibitive front runner. Now, I don't know if he's going to become prohibitive with the way that they're doing this full court press. But, um, you know, He's had the advantage recently, and that may be shifting right now, but uh mm-hmm. you know this may be one of the last pieces of resistance here before before uh I don't know we'll see it could go it could go different ways
1: now is the five thirty eight model that he would win a majority of the delegates, or would it be that he's just to win a plurality?
2: I think they're mostly talking about the plurality, but I think they have said that I don't know they've said all kinds of things. I followed a I followed a uh kind of a fake uh what's his name silver Oh, Nate, Nate silver. silver. Yeah. Something like Nate Livers or something. I forget what it's called. <laughs> it's some sort of a, you know, spoof thing, but they've really captured his voice. And it's like I I don't know. They've had some pretty funny tweets and stuff about, you know, uh, you know, Even if Bernie comes out with a prohibitive lead on Super Tuesday and it's literally impossible for anybody to match him and he gets to the convention, well, you know, then he just has to find a path to the to the White House, (laughs) (laughs) you know, this kind of thing. He still has to find a path to White House. I can't do it justice, you know. (laughs) So. All right, well, so here we are. The ninth Democratic debate. (laughs)
1: Actually, this was my favorite debate. I like yeah, it was the best some, of any of them that we that we've seen so far this year.
2: Yeah, there was some, you know, there was some fun stuff. It was a little bit free form. Yeah, i, have a I feeling say, I,
1: yeah I, I heard the next one though that we're going to watch uh, is the one that is the real free form with like apparently this the moderator Yeah, completely stepped aside for that one. So, but yeah, there there was a lot of crosstalk on this one too. So,
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I will say, you know, people, you know, Warren supporters may have already tuned out or whatever, but I will give her her due. She was just on an absolute rampage at this debate. And I will say, if I were, if she were my candidate and stuff and, you know, here we are two weeks later or something and people are telling her to drop out, I wouldn't be wild about it either. But, you know, I mean, it's a question. And, of course, they're going to say, oh, well, you know, Bernie supporters supported him long past viability in 2016. I don't Bernie, think we're,
1: Bernie I, won some states before that. Also, I'd like to point out.
2: Yeah, he won a lot of states and he, yeah. you know, he made up like a 40 point gap from no name recognition to within like within a within a, a you know, I don't know what a small thing would be here to even mention. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, he I mean, he had he at, at any point he had a better chance, I think, than what than what Warren has right now. And I think any, anybody who doesn't acknowledge that is playing games, but, but like John, I said, according, I will, according I will, to
1: Twitter, everybody supports Elizabeth Warren.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just <laughs> weird that there's like this, I don't know. What is it? Like 85% that doesn't. Yeah. Let they're alone the, the Republicans. <laughs> so, they're the
1: ones that are wrong. Really? If you think about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: yep, yeah, It's, it's, it's magical thinking or something at this point, mm-hmm. but, and I don't know what they think's going to happen. They think they think that she's going to throw this thing to Joe Biden at the at the convention and somehow the superdelegates are going to come back and say 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 her. I don't think yeah. so. That's if not how this goes. If,
1: yeah, if they're not going to say Bernie, they're not going to say her either, so. Sure.
2: Yeah. And then the other talking point is, well, I don't know, what, you know, they had the the Bernie supporter at her rally or something or her her town hall or whatever recently and he said you know, something about the superdelegates and why are you trying to like make this go to a contested convention or something? She's like, well, you just aren't familiar. Like, you know, he, in 2016, this was actually what he fought for. He wanted to have it this way, but now he changed his mind. Oh, he's the hypocrite. It's like, no, no, he didn't. He didn't want to have any superdelegates after 2016. Yeah, And this was the, this was the closest concession he could possibly get out of the you know, Tom Perez and the DNC or whoever was running it at that point. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so to say that like, you know, that's like saying like, you know, somebody working for minimum wage, well, you know, all they really want to earn is $8 and 75 cents an hour, 775, whatever it is right now. It's Mm -hmm. like, that's all they want. I mean, they took the job. So that's the, that's the wage they demanded. Mm -hmm. Come on. (laughs) You know, it's a, there's a power imbalance there. You get the best you can negotiate for. But that doesn't mean that's what you want or even what you asked for. Yeah. (sighs) So. (laughs) I don't know. It's. Yeah. Yeah. It's I mean, (laughs) I just people I see people on Facebook and Twitter today like, you know, it's not fair. We're not pundits. We shouldn't have to think this hard about what the what the ramifications of our vote is. We just want to, you know, vote for the candidate we like and to be fair probably a podcast or two ago i mm-hmm. i told people you know vote for who you want don't try to outgame the system and try to mm-hmm. second guess everybody else what they're going to do right but at this point it's becoming I, pretty clear what yeah. the what's going to happen mm-hmm. if if you support this candidate then they're going to try to run it into the, the convention in a way that they can steal it from the person who actually gets the plurality of votes most likely.
1: Right. Well,
2: well I mean, this isn't you, a hypothetical you, yeah. or a theoretical anymore. This isn't right. just this isn't the point of the election where you can do whatever you want. Mm. This is the point where you actually have to start thinking strategically.
1: Yeah, exactly. And,
2: and frankly, if Warren had held on to her lead that she had there for a little while where she was right up there around 25 percent with Joe Biden, then, you know, you and me would be singing the blues and biting our tongue and figuring out how we're going to, you know, bring ourselves to vote for Warren. And probably, would, we would be there.
1: Absolutely, I would be there. There's no question in my mind. Like, if
2: these I, positions were reversed,
1: yeah. mm-hmm.
2: like, I think, I think I'm a reasonable enough person to say that I would, you know, I would find my way around to it, so.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. I would have a, I, of all the other candidates, I would have the easiest time making that transition. So that would not be difficult. So,
2: yeah, yeah, it's it's a hard one. So, okay. So the ninth Democratic debate, the AB, the NBC News MSNBC Democratic debate in Las Vegas, Nevada, hosted by Lester Holt, Cuck Todd, Cuck Cuck, Todd, Chuck Todd, (laughs) Haley Jackson, Vanessa. Hawk. And John Walston, who I guess is the local contributor from a local Nevada thing, yeah. Nevada. I don't know how they want us to pronounce it.
1: I know they always are saying that we're saying it wrong, so I'm always afraid yeah. to say the state. So.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, like, I don't know. It's, it's weird. It's weird. It's, uh, whatever. <laughs> It's it's weird, you know, people from some countries probably, they can't imagine coming from a country where you have 50 states and you're not entirely sure how to pr- pronounce several of their names.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's exactly. a sad state of affairs. Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. Well, so our candidates this time, our participants this time, were Bloomberg, Warren, Sanders, Biden, Buttigieg, and Amy Klobuchar. Oh. Um let me grab a seat here and see what's going on. Um yeah. Um let's see. So I think the first question was something about why Sanders and not Bloomberg. Sanders says stop and frisk. Again, a lot of times I'm gonna start summarizing these things. I don't actually feel like reading everything out
1: for for Well, every especially if I'm time. gonna do the clip, it doesn't need to be, yeah. I can mm-hmm I could just handle the the transcription the other way there. So,
2: Yeah, the difficulty is it's hard to respond to what they said if we actually don't have it, you know, True. right in our yeah. mind. That's the difficulty. Absolutely. I think, like, I don't know. I'm thinking about process and stuff. If we were doing this thing live or something, like, you know, a lot of these things, like, you know... The Young Turks and Majority Report and stuff like that. They, you know, they have people there who play the clip for them, and then they can pause at any time and comment on the clip as they as they please. And I think that that is a real, you know, winning formula in a way. But we obviously don't have any way to, you know, effectuate that right now.
1: Interns, uh, if you're listening, (laughs) get at me if you want to work for free.
2: (laughs) Oh boy, (laughs) yeah.
1: Great exposure. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, that's 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 what we can offer, perhaps now. <laughs> um, all right, Mayor Bloomberg said or said that there's no chance of Sanders beating Trump. Yeah, you can't say you're going to take away the insurance plans loved by 160 million people. <laughs> no chance of Sanders beating Trump. Ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. He's got the best chances according to the polls. Yeah. You've got no chance. And, you know, it's this again, it's this Republican talking point, because once again, uh, Michael Bloomberg is a Republican. Okay, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, take away the insurance plans of one hundred and sixty million people that they love. They love their private insurance. Come on. Ridiculous. You know,
1: I think they like being able to go to certain doctors and hospitals. I don't think anyone is actually loving the insurance itself.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think under under isn't like, that the all, fear? Isn't, isn't that, still,
1: yeah, but isn't that the fear that I won't get to see my doctor or whatever? It's not like oh, I won't get to see the the guy from Anthem. <laughs> like <yeah. laughs> it's like nobody cares about that.
2: <laughs> well, I think and that and part of that is probably you know part of the part of the Obamacare rollout is probably why that's even a talking point right now is because you know. <laughs> Famously. You you always ask you say like you tell a Trump supporter, well he's told like, you know, sixteen thousand lies so far that we've documented. And they're like, Yeah, but Obama lied too. And you're like, Okay, name one. And they're like, Well, he said you could keep your doctor, but then you couldn't. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know Stop. and Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. It's like, okay, there's one lie. And it's a lie Is it a lie? I mean, it through the negotiation with the Republicans, he wasn't able to get everything he wanted and you know, and of course, Republicans were trying to gum up the machine the whole time and make the thing unpalatable to people. Uh, I don't know. I just don't get me started. I, it's exasperating. <laughs> I'm getting myself started, perhaps. Uh, Elizabeth Warren came right in, <laughs> you know, she's coming in hot here. She says, a billionaire who calls women fat broads and horse-faced lesbians. And no, I'm not talking about Donald Trump. I'm talking about Mayor Bloomberg. He's hiding his tax returns, harassing women, supporting racist policies, redlining and stop and frisk. And she says, look, I'll support whoever the Democratic nominee is. But understand this. Democrats take a huge risk if we just substitute one arrogant billionaire for another. It's like, whoa. (laughs) That's the third person talking of the whole night. It's like, wow. Wow um yeah as, as much as we
1: just said bad about elizabeth warren i did appreciate her uh, yeah in this debate for sure yeah
2: so. it's no i mean i you know throughout the debate and i think you'll find like she was actually much more effective at just i don't know what what the word you even use like what superlative to even use just like smashing the hell out of Bloomberg every time he popped his head up and stuff. And Bernie Sanders got into some protracted back and forths with him and stuff. But I will say he was not as effective against Bloomberg. Um, Now, I'm not sure that that, you know, people say, well, that's why she should be the president. She'll do it to Trump, too. I don't think she will. You know, I think she's weak against Trump and I think Bernie's strong against Trump. But for whatever reason at this debate, I think she was strong against Bloomberg and Bernie was kind of at his level. You know, Mm -hmm. not as effective at taking him down, but certainly not, you know, not being taken down by him either. So,
1: I mean, he, he definitely served as the perfect foil for, um, for, for Elizabeth Warren in that debate, so I think that was a case where it was like the hammer hammer meat nail, <laughs> basically. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you know, he never really like I, I just kept thinking throughout this debate that he was just somebody that isn't used to being contradicted or told he's wrong or in any way challenged on any of his views. So.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'd lo- I would actually love to have been a fly on the wall of his debate prep going into this debate. And then his debate prep before the second debate and just be like, you know, you guys are all a bunch of sycophants. And yes, men. I want you to you know, you know, you I look like a dumbass up there. It's all your fault. <laughs> you <know? laughs> or maybe, right. you know, maybe they had been trying to tell him, like, look, we got to go hard on you. And he's like, no, no, no. Come on just take it easy on me or whatever or something. And then they're like, okay, okay, okay. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That last, that last check for a million dollars cleared. So whatever you want. And then when he looks like an ass on TV, you know, I don't know. I don't know what he was thinking, but he did not seem super prepared for what was coming his way. Mm -mm. Maybe there was no preparing for it though. Yeah. Um, um, Klobuchar said, we need a high voter turnout, which I did. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You got, you got high voter turnout in your state. Now, I would have, if I were one of the candidates, I'd have questions. Do you, I mean, does that state have higher voter turnout? What are the turnout patterns in her state like compared to nationwide or other states? Mm-hmm. You know, is it really all about her? or Is it just that, you know, her state has something like that? I don't think... I would just about bet my life that if she were the candidate, she would not have a similar effect nationwide. <laughs> you know,
1: you, you don't believe that the clomentum is real.
2: <laughs> the momentum is, you know, I don't know, trying to push, you know, Biden's broken down jalopy right now. That's what's happening with the momentum. <laughs> so
1: I, I did notice I, we're probably going to get to it later, but she did, did. you hear her shout out to the Yang gang?
2: Oh geez. Nice try, Amy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and she did it and she said, "If my friend, you know, Andrew Yang were here and he's really good at math, he's Asian, you know. <laughs> like it's I, like she even called an Asian out to him. I know I know he made those jokes, he make those jokes, but come on, Amy. I I don't know that you can make those jokes.
1: You can't be uh, second person uh self-deprecating." <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, so even her even her call out to Yang was like kinda like, I don't know. And yet, you know, and and it's and it's hilarious in a way because I'm sure there were some Yang supporters like, Oh yeah, okay. Hey, there's somebody actually still paying him respect on the stage. Okay, I like that. I'll vote for her. Boom. Like a week later she's out. It's like, okay. Congratulations, you excited part of the Yang gang for about a week, maybe. um she said something about mayor bloomberg internal memo said that three of us should step down to pave the way for him and she doesn't like that she's not going to do that okay but she did now and did as did Buttigieg. and i don't know yeah whatever okay bloomberg says he's a mayor he's an organizer he's a philanthropist he's a new yorker who can take on trump right (laughs) there's what's that saying I, i always butcher the saying but you know don't try to wrestle a pig in the mud because the pig likes to get dirty and he's got more experience down there.
1: Uh, Well, you you get dirty and the pig likes it, I think. Isn't that what it is?
2: (laughs) I think, yeah, that sounds about right. So I I don't believe that Bloomberg... (laughs) Bloomberg has a business to represent. Bloomberg has a reputation that he's probably happy with or something, you know? He does not want to get in there with Trump and really, you know, go blow for blow in the the shit-slinging mess that Trump, uh, you know... I don't know. It's I, I just think like when they were talking about when they were complaining before Mayor Bloomberg was going to come on the debate stage, everybody's saying, I don't think he should be able to buy his way into this debate. It's ridiculous. You know, people of color aren't on stage and now he is. It's not fair. I In a way, I felt like all that protesting from from uh, Warren and Sanders was in a way it was kind of like Brer Rabbit, you know. He's like, no, uh, oh, don't throw me in the briar patch. Oh, it'll hurt, it'll sting. <laughs> and he's like, I'm born and bred in the briar patch. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like, oh, don't, don't give us Michael Bloomberg at the debate. Oh, we wouldn't like that. Boom. <laughs> Welcome to hell, bitch. We hear you call lesbians horse faces. <laughs> and now you, I'm not stuck in here with you. You're stuck in here with me. Your billions <laughs> of dollars can't help you here.
3: Oh my,
1: yes, exactly. <laughs> We're
2: gonna take the fight to them. I like to fight. I've been fighting my whole life. When
1: your mama and daddy and your three brothers. Yeah, three in mil- brothers in the
2: military. I fought them all. I don't <laughs> care.
1: It's really like I was in the military. If you think about it, I fought them all. <laughs> they, were, they were in the military. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Kind of the same. Yeah.
2: I, saw, I saw an audio clip from somebody who was apparently, I don't know if this is true, and I haven't double-checked it. Maybe you can look into it. Mm. There was a uh, left-wing feminist uh, university professor who was teaching at the university that, um, Amy or Elizabeth Warren was attending. And Elizabeth Warren was one of these, uh, annoying brats, apparently back in the day, who was trying to get liberal college professors taken out of the classrooms or something. Allegedly. Okay. I'm not sure this is true. There's like a three minute video audio clip of this woman talking and she is apparently a professor, respected professor left wing. And she said that, you know, she and other le- liberal professors is, um, Uh, left-wing curriculum were edited partially at the behest of Elizabeth Warren as a Republican university student, like what, back in the 70s or something? Mm 70s? 60s? I don't know.
3: Mm
2: -hmm. I'd have to do the math on that. Whatever. Okay. Uh, Biden says, Joe Biden is the best equipped to beat Donald Trump. And that's what your poll said, <laughs> He's saying that your this is your poll, NBC News. Um, and he said, oh, you know, Barack Obama the, Obama, the Obama administration tried to send in a mediator to reduce stop and frisk, but uh, Mayor Bloomberg said it was unnecessary. Um Okay, Pete Buttigieg says, we could wake up after Super Tuesday and the only candidates left standing will be Sanders and Bloomberg, the two most polarizing figures on this stage. And most Americans don't see where they fit if they've got to choose between a socialist who thinks that capitalism is the root of all evil and a billionaire who thinks that money ought to be the root of all power. Let's put forward somebody who is actually a Democrat. And then there were kind of like mixed oohs and cheers from the crowd when they realized he was calling out Mm -hmm. Bernie right there. Right. Um, And Sanders responded, if speaking to the needs and the pain of a long-neglected working class is polarizing, I think you got the wrong word. (laughs) So that was fun. Mm. Let's see. And then Buttigieg said, in fact, you are the one who is at war with the culinary union right here in Las Vegas. And Sanders interjected, we have more union support than you have ever dreamed of. (laughs) And I just want to, like, bookmark, bookmark the fact that, you know, people, you know, Bernie got a lot of crap for fighting with the Culinary Union and more, more specifically for having, you know, his Twitter supporters fighting the union, um, the Culinary Union in Las Vegas. And what happened in the election? The thing that people said before, the union leaders were against Bernie, but the union members were strongly in support of Bernie. Mm-hmm. so all every time that they mention in the debate that he's fighting with the union and they spent an inordinate amount of time on it just remember mm-hmm. that at the end of the day he still had the support of that union he just didn't have the support of the leaders
1: mm-hmm. exactly so
2: yeah um, Elizabeth Warren said uh, I was in oh boy my horrible handwriting strikes again Oh, she was I was in she was says I was in Nevada holding banks accountable when Bloomberg when Bloomberg was blaming black and brown people for the housing crisis, which, you know, I'm sure is true.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, they try to come at Bernie with, uh, you know, his Twitter people attacking uh, attacking the leaders of the uh, union. And he said, I disown those those people. They are not part of our movement. And he said, and he also pointed out, black women on my campaign are suffering vicious, racist, sexist attacks. And then Buttigieg, why is it especially the case among your supporters that you're attacking, you know, people? And he said, and let me say something else about this, not being too paranoid. All of us remember 2016. And what we remember are efforts by Russia and others to interfere in our uh, election and divide us up. I'm not saying that's what's happening, but it would not shock me. I saw some of the tweets regarding the Culinary Workers Union and da-da-da-da-da. You know, it goes on, but he's basically throwing that out there.
3: hmm
2: And I forget if it was this debate or the one before it or the one after it where they, you know, a couple of days after the debate, they revealed that uh, you know, the the, the uh, uh, Russian Intelligence Building know. Uh, mm-hmm.
1: The FSB.
2: Yeah, that's the organization. Uh, the the Kremlin or whatever. Yeah. Ah, mm-hmm. that's the word I'm looking for. Was is you know they're pushing Sanders and stuff, and he disavowed it, which is what he should do, which is what Trump should have done but couldn't do, mm-hmm. wouldn't do. Um, but but I think he's got a point. They'd already, the FBI or somebody had already briefed him on this before the debate, and they said, yeah, these guys are trying to help you, and he you know so he knows that but he can't he can't disclose it during the debate because um classified it's classified so right. you know they've got they've kind of got him over a barrel there and all he can do is disavow any support but but you know he may already know that like you know hey not everybody on twitter who claims to be supporting bernie sanders is an actual american voter supporting bernie sanders some of them are you know russian disinformation bots and i know that's not a popular thing to say on the left wing you know Media analysis, uh, you know, thing right now or whatever, but you know, I think when the history of this period is written, it'll be found to have been true. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I don't. Yeah, I mean, I think both things can be true that you know they do support him, but it's also the fact that he doesn't reciprocate their support, unlike Trump, and I think that's a major difference, and I think that it flattens everything to say that they're. I just. I don't like this disingenuous criticism of Bernie that he's exactly like Trump because like you said his like he has some online supporters that might not be, you know, real people or uh you know like like the, the all these little points that they pick out and it's like but is he encouraging it? Does he welcome it? Does he secretly have some you know is, is there a Bernie Sanders tower going in Moscow? I don't think so. So it's like it's not the same thing. So
2: Yeah. And I think we have to remember that I don't think that Vladimir Putin wants Bernie Sanders to be the president.
0: No, he wants to I help mean, Trump.
2: Yeah, I mean that's his end goal. So if he's trying to do anything right now, what he's really trying to do is ke- create chaos in the Democratic primary, which he may be very well be doing. I don't know, you know, I'm not sure how unhinged the establishment would be by Bernie being the frontrunner under normal circumstances without outside interference, but um you know I think that I think if you pretend that that's not also going on and that that's not actually the the motivation, you're being, you know, willfully naive. So. And, you know, there are similarities. Yeah. Uh, Trump was actually popular, you know, with Republican base people. I mean, Mm
3: -hmm.
2: and I mean, base people in every which way. Of course. (laughs) So. But but that's because, you know he was saying the things that all the milk toast uh, Republicans didn't want to come out and say he was openly racist, openly sexist, openly, you know, America first and everything.
3: Mm-hmm. And,
2: um, and you know, Bernie Sanders is actually popular and loved by his own supporters because again, he's saying things that, you know, a lot of Democrats want to say something that sounds similar to, but they don't actually want to commit to actually doing anything of the sort. And, you know, yeah, real recognizes real. Sometimes, exactly. you know? it's just like, I mean, that doesn't mean that they're going to be equally bad presidents mm-hmm. by any stretch of the imagination.
1: So, I do. Yeah, yeah, I do think the larger phenomenon has some kind of parallels as far as, uh, you know, we have the establishment of the party. You know this this whole thing with Joe Biden kind of reminds me of. Do you remember near the end of the Republican primary season in 2016 how they were all like, "Oh, then if Kasich voters in this state can vote for Marco Rubio, and then Marco Rubio's people can vote for Kasich in this state, and then we can deny Trump the you know majority of delegates." And it's like when you're talking about this shuffling around and trying to combine uh, you know supports to like stop one juggernaut candidate who's actually like you said popular it's you're you're already losing you know it's it's obvious that that bernie is the nominee and if the democrats are smart they'll ride that actually it's like how, how do you screw this up democrats you finally find somebody popular finally somebody that people are excited about and yeah. you'd want to do everything you can to stop him. I'm not saying he has to be the guy, but look at the you know look at the scoreboard. Like look at the look at the diverse group he's got. And by the way, maybe the fact that he's got more people fired up and more people excited about his campaign is the reason that there are some there is some riffraff in there and it's maybe because he's so popular that you can't help but have some riffraff it's a it thing people are attracted to things because they're a thing you know that's a, that's real yeah. and it's like you know maybe that is a is a sign that this is actually there is like bernie sanders momentum out there and then maybe you should ride that wave instead of fighting it i just it's, yeah. it's upsetting and to I've, see so and i've
2: i've heard like i've heard you know warren supporters recently saying things like Oh, well, you know, maybe Bernie isn't actually even winning the Democratic uh, primary because actually we've seen that some Republicans are talking about going into the Democratic primary in states where it's allowed to vote across party and vote for Bernie because they think they can beat him. It's like, I don't I don't think people really do that. Maybe some people do, but not not enough to swing an election, I don't think, or put him in first place. And number two. I think they're ascribing a a pretty cynical motivation to the fact that actually Bernie Sanders actually, you know, polls reasonably well amongst, you know, Republicans, even Trump supporters like, you know, you know, I don't like socialism. I don't want to be a goddamn communist and stuff. Pinko, red and all this stuff. But Bernie means what he says. He's an honest guy. I respect it in a way, you know. And so I think there is some legitimate, you know cross-party support for the guy. I think there are people who responded to Trump's populist message who would have responded. This is the central, one of the central things of the 2016 election. He would have been appealing to people who went a very bad way the other way, but they could have been brought to go a decent way, but DNC didn't, couldn't have that. So, uh, whatever. (laughs) I don't know. We're never going to finish this podcast, Bob. Okay. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, let's let's get back to it. <laughs>
2: <But>. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think like we ought to we ought to I don't know. I don't want to repeat myself too much over too many podcasts, which we I'm sure we do, but um I don't know, sometimes I just want to talk politics, not just only the po- the uh debates though, cuz like there's so many, you know, Things going on, it's really so hard to stay focused. After we get
1: through this one, we just got one more, and then we're totally caught up. And then I think there's only one more happening, maybe in a couple of days. But <laughs> I think
2: if 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 I put myself through another two and a half hour like you know, monstrosity, I will be weakening my immune system to the point that the coronavirus will just come and take me right then and there.
1: <laughs> be like Olivia Soprano. I wish the Lord would take me. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Yeah,
2: indeed. Oh, boy. Um, oh, I've been watching the Godfather movies here over the weekend for some reason.
1: Oh, yeah? How is it?
2: Good. Um, I don't know. Frankly, they weren't as good as I remembered. Mm. I feel like, I, I don't know. I just feel like I've seen better. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, a lot of it is just very, 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 like, soap opera-like style, kind of melodrama, just like, you know. Just really dramatic pronouncements and stuff, and people who are just ridiculously smart, like, you know, the one who doesn't show is the one who betrayed you. <sighs> How can you be sure? No, I'm just so mafia wise, I just know that's the case. Mm-hmm. Our enemy has yet to reveal himself. Yes. Oh. <laughs> wow. And at this point here, never mind. Don't get me started. I um, you know, actually I never watched the Godfather Three hmm uh, i never watched it before because for some reason people were saying it was like terrible compared to the other two and stuff and so for some reason i just didn't watch it and stuff but i've actually started watching it and it's interesting it's kind of freaking hilarious because you know the director francis ford coppola cast his own daughter in this role as michael's daughter and stuff and mm-hmm. then he has this bizarre plot line where she was like molested by her 15 year old cousin first oh, yeah. cousin when she was eight that. years old and now she has a thing for him. And like, and Michael Corleone knows about it. And he's like, he just kind of, like, you got to stop going after my, d- my daughter. It's dangerous. This, this, this forbidden love is too dangerous. It's not, not like, stay the fuck away from my daughter. You perverted freak. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm going to kill you now. Cause I'm a mafia Don. Did you forget? It's like, Oh, it's, it's dangerous for you to be, you know, pursuing my daughter. <laughs> and like, and when did this begin? Like normal questions that a normal dad would have, he's not asking. And I'm just like, how the hell did this, you know, I don't know. It's weird.
1: It is weird. I didn't, re- uh, I, 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 now that you mentioned that, I remember that storyline, but I just totally forgotten about that.
2: <laughs> yeah. I haven't finished the movie yet because this fucking debate, Bob,
3: <laughs> but, but, but I,
2: I'm curious to see where it goes. Probably nowhere good, but yeah. like. It's it's just a weird it's a it's a, just a really weird like, and people complain about her acting and there were one or two scenes where she was kind of like a little bit wooden I would say, but mm-hmm. to be fair to her the writing is bizarre this whole scenario is totally bizarre and you know there are scenari- there are scenes in the movie where I buy her as the daughter, and then there are scenes where I don't really see it but eh whatever it's you know mm-hmm. it's a melodrama mafia soap opera, so. Okay, where were we? Sorry, Bob, between pissing off the uh I think between pissing off the Warren supporters and p- pissing off the uh Godfather fanboys, I, I don't think I have any friends left out there right now. <laughs>
1: <So>. <laughs> just uh just uh Bernie supporters that don't really like uh quality movies, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> That's all we have left. <laughs>
2: yeah. The dirt bag left, I guess. Well, and, and probably most of them love the Godfather actually, so Whatever. Okay. Um, okay. So let's see. All right. So, okay. So why? uh, Yeah. Okay. So Bernie had just said that, you know, basically, Hey, he floated the idea. Hey, there are Russians still out there. Some of them are, you know, pumping up my, my campaign online with outrageous attacks on, you know, other people in the field. So just be aware of that. Um, and then Amy Klobuchar gets in some bizarre stuff here. She says, "I've got an idea of how we could stop sexism on the internet. We could nominate a woman." <laughs> I'm just gonna I'm just gonna let that sit there. We're gonna end sexism on the internet by n- nominating a woman.
1: Uh, that will end it for once and for all. That, Not that with conkers
2: like that, Amy. <laughs> just like we did a bang up job on racism by nominating a black man. <laughs> Let's. <laughs> Let's continue yeah. that strategy now.
1: Yes, exactly. We got the tea party last time. I can't imagine what would happen this time. I'm not saying yeah. it shouldn't happen, but let's not believe that it's gonna end sexism online. We'll probably nu-
2: Yeah, Texas will probably nuke California is what'll happen if we nominate a woman right now. And I'm not saying we shouldn't <laughs> do it if there's a you know, good candidate. But or a candidate that is good and is not betraying her friends and is polling within the top like two percent, two, two people or something. But,
3: mm-hmm.
2: but I'm saying like that's a pretty stupid reason to do it. Yeah. <laughs> you yes. know, we're going to end <laughs> sexism by nominating a woman. Like, really, mm-hmm. really. Yeah. This, you know, come on. This is Some why, frankly, like, <laughs> clonkers like that is why people, you know, these, these centrist Democrat squares get dragged so much on Twitter probably is because they just say stupid shit. Okay. So then Klobuchar continues. Um, really what is at the core of this issue between Senator Sanders and the culinary unions and, uh, that I can't read what I wrote. Oh God. And that is this, um, these are hardworking people, housekeepers like Elizabeth and I met with last night who have healthcare plans that jump, 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 jump. Okay, this is like, this is where she, you know, she keeps going. These are the salt of the earth and they don't support Bernie. And so, you know, what what does that say about him? And once again, I just want to draw listeners. Attention back to the fact that when it actually came to the vote, the culinary support, the Culinary Union supported Bernie Sanders overwhelmingly. It's just their leadership that didn't because, you know, they made some deal Mm -hmm. with the DNC or somebody gave them some money or I don't know exactly what it was. But something nefarious was going on there. But she's sitting here trying to say, like, you know, Elizabeth Warren and I, we met with these salt of the earth and they don't like Bernie.
0: (laughs) Okay, Mm -hmm.
2: well, let's let's see. Let's judge it by the results. Who was right? Who was wrong? Mm hmm. I, you know, I tried to tell my mom because she's, you know, she's kind of on the Klobuchar thing and stuff. And I was like, Klobuchar just lies. Like I was getting so mad when I was watching the debate the other day because she was just lying, like every sentence or something. She's like, I don't think she lied. When did she lie? And I'm like, I don't know, mom. I've got eight pages of notes and I'm not going to try to drag through them and sort out the lies right now on the phone. But like, she does. And yeah. this is, you know, mom is not listening. But this is a case where you can say, this is an absolutely ridiculous thing. You're trying to claim. That a candidate doesn't have the populist support that they actually do have based on what the leadership of some company says. Or not a company, but a union. And it's, uh, it's very frustrating.
1: Yeah. Okay. One, Yeah, he's, he still won Nevada, so apparently whatever the leadership did wasn't enough to sway the votes. So.
3: Yeah.
2: Well, not even that he won Nevada – like I heard, you know, um a podcast, I forget if it was 538 or I forget if it was, you know, Slate, one of the Slate podcasts or Vox, I'm not sure where it was, but they were at the site where most of the, you know, they were basically at ground zero where most of that tra- that union was was voting and they had exit polls or whatever. And they said it was very clear that the the rank and file of that of that union supported Bernie. So it's not even like a it's not even like he won Nevada, so it's not true that that You know, it's actually like they did, you know, precinct specific reporting or whatever. And it was very clear that he had that support. Uh, Bernie Sanders gives a speech about, you know, just one of his standard speeches that he gives. Um, And he said, and I will never sign a bill that will reduce medical benefits, only expand it. Because, you know, these people are lying on him again, you know, saying he's going to take away their health (laughs) care. He's going to kill that poor woman. (laughs) Lebowski reference absolutely so yeah that one was a little bit more obscure so (laughs) thought I should note it yeah deep cut yeah all right Elizabeth Warren says Mayor Buttigieg really has a slogan that was thought up by his consultants to paper over okay this is where okay this is a brilliant moment okay this is a moment where (laughs) Elizabeth Warren had this really interesting strategy (laughs) And again, I'm giving her credit here. Totally. She had this really interesting strategy because like so many times in these debates, people try to attack another another person, but they don't really want to say the person's name or they might say their name once and hope they don't catch it because they don't want to be attacked back. They don't want to get the response. And Elizabeth Warren's strategy in this in this uh, debate at a couple points seemed to be name two or three people and insult them all. (laughs) <laughs> and then have like Chuck Trod trying to like play catch up, like okay, I think he mentioned you first, and uh, I think you were second, so oh, you can go third, like. And these people would just all be responding directly to her, and so she really put herself at the center of a lot of fights that way. And
1: mm-hmm.
2: actually, you know, frankly, it was effective. I thought it was very effective. So interesting mm-hmm. strategy there.
1: Yep. No, <laughs> you can't. You can't confuse sleepy eyed Chuck Todd that way, Chuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Isn't, it, isn't well, um, that his uh, so, Trump nickname?
2: Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I can't keep up with all the nicknames. <laughs> I don't know. He's he's a ridiculous person though. He's a ridiculous human being. I al- I almost want to like the guy in spite of myself because I get the sense that back in the Bush era, he was just like a you know kind of a numbers guy who was interested in politics and gosh darn it, he was very you know earnest or something. Weren't we all? <laughs> we were young once, Bob, Yeah. and soldiers or something. <laughs> to paraphrase a book title but um Uh. so but but he just went the wrong way and this this uh meet the press thing was not not what he should have gotten i think so Mm -hmm. um so anyways okay so this is the one where elizabeth warren just basically like um Takes her flamethrower and starts swinging it back and forth with abandon slowly, like Mm -hmm. making crispy critters out of several people. (laughs) That's the image I had. I had several Uh bizarre images of Elizabeth Warren during this, just, you know, how aggressive she was in this in this debate. Okay, so Mayor Buttigieg really has a slogan that was thought up by his consultants to paper over a thin version of a plan that would leave millions of people unable to afford their health care. It's not a plan. It's a PowerPoint. And Amy's plan is even less. It's like a post-it note, insert plan here. <laughs> and, and then she said something about Bernie too. And I mean, she's just going from person to person like you and you and you and you too. <laughs> and I think like, I think this is the first time that like Amy Klobuchar had really been on the receiving end of, you know, you know, you, you know, not not the Elizabeth Warren, like, yes, queen, we will, you know, we, we should have, uh, I think the next president should be a she. Ooh, I said that. That felt really good to say that. You know, this kind of, like, this kind of, like, sisterhood thing. Girl so power. this is the first. Uh, <laughs> Girl yeah, power. <laughs> I mean, this is the first time Amy had to contend with, like, Elizabeth Warren actually attacking her on issues. And I think she was, like, she was visibly taken aback several times. And stuff. It kind of took that. her a while to get her footing under <laughs> So so here she just attacked three people, <laughs> and uh, Chuck Todd says, Mayor Buttigieg, I think she name-checked you first. I'll let you go first. And um, and Buttigieg says, I, actually, I'm more of a Microsoft Word guy than an Excel guy or a PowerPoint guy, so clever comeback. Uh, this idea that the union members don't know what's good for them is the exact kind of – condescension and arrogance that he just keeps going and again it's another moment where it's like condescension to the union members no no motherfucker you heard from the union bosses and you're presuming to speak for the union members who have not yet made their vote known yet (laughs) so Mm -hmm. again all these people are trying to claim that they're this one union is you know going to do what it's not going to do whatever um and Bernie Sanders interjects. He says, uh, can I get in there, too? Uh, and he wants to respond to Elizabeth Warren because she attacked him, too. And Chuck Todd says, well, I think the post-it note came first here there. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. And so then it went to Klobuchar next because she had you know, said that Klobuchar's that plans were like a post-it note. He said,
3: mm-hmm.
2: well, I must say I take I take personal offense since post-it notes were invented in my state.
1: Yeah, she's a callback. Yeah, right. She's the queen um, of uh, remembering factoids, I feel like. She's got those yeah. little, like, yeah, things that she wants to get out. Like, she always memorizes the senators, whichever state she's debating in. hmm <laughs> My good friends looking at card. Uh, <laughs>
2: yeah, I think we talked about last week or whatever we talked about, like she was name dropping senators in the state that, you know, and saying, I, you know, Bernie voted yeah. against your good senators here in New Hampshire, but I voted with them. It's like, boom, mm-hmm. <laughs> Bernie, like 30 <30%, laughs> percent. Yeah. Amy, like five percent, maybe. I don't know. It's like apparently voting with those senators was not the thing that you needed to do to win the state.
3: <laughs>
2: yeah, right. Um, so she says, so she takes personal offense. Then she says, my plan is a public option. And she says, since we're in Vegas, you don't put your money on a number that's not even on the wheel. Again, she's continuing this bizarre gambling metaphor that she had tried to do a couple debates ago Mm -hmm. in another way.
1: She's in Vegas though, Cha.
2: Yeah. Yeah. She probably wishes what had happened in Vegas had stayed in Vegas, but. (laughs) Okay. Um, okay. Then Sanders said, it comes to Sanders and then he's responding. He says, uh, he says something about Canada, UK, France, et cetera. All these countries can do it. Why can't we health because of the healthcare industry, big pharma, et cetera. Joe Biden says, I get things done. I got things done. I have experience. Uh, Elizabeth Warren comes back and she turns on Buttigieg again. And she says, Buttigieg, there are four expenses, premiums, deductibles, copays, pays and uncovered medical expenses. Your plan only covers premiums, leaving the other three. Amy, your plan is two paragraphs. <laughs> and, um, and Bloomberg comes back. In 2009, I was in favor of Obamacare. Uh, oh, sorry. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg. In 2009, I was in favor of Obamacare. I didn't think it went far enough. Uh, Bernie and Biden are both uh, Bernie and Biden are both scoffing at this point, and kind of like shaking their heads, like they're like, "No, this guy's full of shit." He was never for Obamacare until it was too late and stuff. Right. And then Bloomberg said, "We should." I think we should cap expenses on all of those things. You know the the four things premiums, deductibles, copays, and uncovered medical expenses that Warren had listed by name. He's just like, yeah, yeah, all of that, yeah, we should cover those, yes, you know mm-hmm. he, he doesn't know what they are, he doesn't know the policy to be fair, you know, who really does, unless you're mm-hmm. deep on the you know maybe in ten or fifteen years, I will be, but mm-hmm. uh yeah, uh let's see. Joe Biden comes back on Bloomberg and said he said Obamacare was a disgrace." Um, he says, I guess you've not got enough time to talk about it. I, I guess later we'll jump, jump, jump. So this is like another point where Biden is like, he's watching his own clock. He doesn't have to make the moderators do it for him. He'll, he'll let him know when his time is up.
3: Mm hmm.
1: It all depends on how much he wants to get to the end of the sentence or not. If he has more to say, he's like, I have more time.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I would be terrified to be on a debate because, you know, my lack of depth of knowledge in certain issues would be revealed. But actually watching Biden, I'm inspired. I think maybe one day I really can be president.
1: Festivus for the rest of us.
2: <laughs> you just have to. You just have to forfeit your time whenever you don't want to talk anymore. Whenever you exactly. run out of talking points, you just say, "Hey, yeah, I know I'm pushing up on my time here. So you know,
1: yeah. uh, okay. Also, also, use the remaining time that you have to note the lack of time that you have remaining. That also that always eats up a few seconds. So. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> Here's I noticed that, that I see the clock, and I'm looking at it right now, and it appears to be approaching the end of my yeah. – and there it is, time. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Chuck
2: Todd, time is a flat circle. Okay. Uh-huh. I just want to deal with that. <laughs> um. Okay, so stop it and frisk was our next topic. Now, Bloomberg did say that there were 650 murders a year when he took office, and then he said – And I thought that my first responsibility was to give people the right to live. That's the basic right of everything. And then he says that it was down to 300 murders per year by the end of it, I guess. And to be overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly, you know, self-flagellatingly fair to this guy, I think it is a fair question to say, (laughs) like, okay, yeah, this is a racist policy. It was a bad policy. But if if you are a mayor of, you know, a major metropolitan area where murder is a major problem and you want to reduce the murder, how do you go about doing it? You know, it's kinda of like um there's another issue like that that I always want to ask people or something. It's like like, okay, so you're you're the mayor on day one. And I guess you could give You know, you could give a long form answer like, um, well, you improve the economic prospects of entire regions that have been ignored for far too long. And yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, year on year, how do you how do you reduce it right now? And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's unfortunate that he did this uh, thing that targeted African-American and, you know, Latin people, poor neighborhoods in New York City or whatever. It's criminal. It's wrong. It's bad. It sounds like a lot of people were traumatized by this who had nothing to do with, uh, you know, crime in the area. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some results there. I don't know if that's entirely attributable to this thing. I'm, You know, it'd be interesting to see what, you know, economic factors other than that, what kind of social factors other than that were pushing the numbers of murders down potentially. But mm-hmm. You know, it's a fair question. Like, if, you know, if I were him, and I would not want to be him, and I don't think I would have instituted this policy, but I would say to anybody, hey, if you're the mayor of a town, which you weren't at that time, how would you have reduced the murder rate? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, there's an argument to be made, and it's not a very nice argument, but to say, like, you know, putting police in, you know, downtown, like, I don't know, what's the Manhattan? maybe that's not where the murder is and maybe that looks more fair to do that but you know i had to deal with reality and budgets and you know this or that i think that he could be making an argument there that he's not and it doesn't really matter because he's not going to be the c- candidate anyways but it's like
3: mm-hmm.
2: i think he could push back on that more and i think that you know it's it, it is easy to criticize something when you don't have to you don't have to fix it right
3: mm-hmm.
2: like you know barack obama gets so much blame for the economy it's like, OK, well, you've just been handed a huge debt, uh, massive, uh, you know, real estate bubble that's just exploded right under your nose from the previous president. How would you have fixed it? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I would have done this and that. Oh, well, if you did this and that, then this other thing would have happened. You know, people. I, I don't know. People don't really spend enough time sometimes thinking about the thing that didn't happen. And I, Mm -hmm. I, I almost think this should all be edited out because I don't want to sound like I'm defending stop and frisk, but I'm just saying, I think that there, there are arguments that he could have made that he didn't make Mm -hmm. because it it does look bad. It just looks bad. And it was a racist policy. Mm
1: -hmm. So,
2: and I don't know. It's a, I don't know. It's a, it's a weird situation. It's kind of like, you know, the whole thing with like, you know, racial profiling at the airport, like, um, People complaining, you know, there's the right wing meme of like a granny being patted down by airport security and strip searched or something because they're like, well, we got to search for terrorists. And it's like, obviously, this 80 year old granny is not a terrorist, but the alternative is racial profiling. Mm -hmm. I don't know. You know, what's in between those two things? There's 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 got to be something in between there.
1: But like, yeah, I don't know. Well, I'm sure if you violated everyone's Fourth Amendment rights, you'd probably find a lot of illegal things. But you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like the fruit of the poisonous tree, or whatever. Though. So.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's again, that's why you can't you can't countenance this, really, mm-hmm. because. It, it is a self-perpetuating prophecy. If you if you start patting people down for guns, maybe you find some marijuana on them. and Oh, now they're a criminal. And oh, now the crime rate is rising. Maybe the murder rate is going down. But, you know, people are getting caught with weed in this neighborhood where they're not being caught in the other neighborhood. Na- you know, again, I, I'm not trying to defend the policy. I'm just saying, like, you know, if you actually have a problem and you are actually personally responsible for fixing it, And maybe you're not the smartest person in the world, right? Like, you don't know what the actual good policy long-term would be. I don't know. I'm just saying Mm -hmm. I can see how people make some bad decisions at times. Right. So anyways all that should be cut bob all that should be cut this <laughs> so is going but, in
1: your, your uh, cop ever-growing compliment file that has been <laughs> gleaned from the uh, <laughs>
2: yeah i think I'm a, i think i'm a reasonably smart guy bob but i by the time we're done with this podcast i don't think i'll be able to run on any party's you know no. platform ever <laughs>
1: so. cnc is the least of your worries at this point <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, even the libertarians can be like fuck that guy.
1: <laughs> we're for we're for a lot, but man.
2: <laughs> yeah. Okay, so the, anyways, that was Bloomberg's response. Now, I'm just saying, like I mean, it's a it's a horrible thing. It's a racist policy. It was targeting people in a very unfair way. And I'm not saying the ends justify the means, you know, this isn't an episode of 24, but you know, 650 murders down to 300, that Benefited some people in some way. I don't know, you know. I don't know how you balance that. That's a hard thing, though.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: But it's it's wrong. The easy, I mean, the easy thing is just to say he's a racist scumbag, Republican and asshole. And yeah, fair enough. That's all true too.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Okay, so Biden says, uh, let's get something straight. Uh, the the reason that stop and frisk changed is that Obama sent moderators to see what was going on. This idea that he figured out it was a bad idea. He figured, and then dot, 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 the idea when we sent in monitors and said it must stop. Even then, he continued the policy. Um, uh, Elizabeth Warren said some things, and then she said, you need a different apology here, Mr. Mayor. <laughs> uh, Amy Klobuchar said, uh, they asked her about, there were 24 officer shootings... Under her while she was a prosecutor, and none of them were prosecuted. And then they said there was one black teen who was sent to life in prison, uh, kind of on shoddy evidence, and it's being challenged now. And the NAACP is calling on her to suspend her campaign, which congratulations, now she has, I suppose. Yeah. Um, and she says she welcomes new evidence. Uh, three people were impl- involved in the death of an 11 year old girl. And you know, it sounds pretty complicated. Again, I don't know. I don't know what the details of the case were. Uh, just, getting those massive, uh, just getting through these massive, just getting through these massive debates is so hard. I I can't run down. I'm sorry to say, I feel like as journalists we should do more, but like I can't run down every detail of every claim or backstory of things.
1: That's Chuck. That's Chuck Todd's job.
2: Uh, yeah well, he's not doing it either, so yeah, well,
1: <laughs> I guess we did say journalists, but <laughs> <laughs> okay.
2: I don't like the company we're in right now, Bob
3: <laughs> um
2: okay, um, the next topic was transparency. Sanders not releasing his medical records, okay, and Bernie Sanders, you know. Excellently reframes this question. He says, thank you. First off, thank you, Nevada, for an excellent medical care. Uh, One thing I have in common with Bloomberg is that we both have two stents." And Bloomberg interjects, 25 years ago, and he says, and it's a procedure that's done about a million times a year. Follow me around the campaign, three, four, five events a day. See how you're doing compared to me. So, you know, I think the heart attack is kind of a non-issue. Uh, I think
1: I think it helps that he stands next to Biden looking like the picture of health compared to Joe. You know, it's yeah. like any any criticisms of Bernie's health have to be tempered by the reality of like Joe's eyeball exploding or whatever is happening at the moment.
2: So. Yeah. and Well, there was um there was an article by I forget her name. I think she's uh she's an Indiana girl on Indiana night. Uh, no.
1: Was her name Mary Jane? No. Was it her her last dance?
2: (laughs) Amber, Amber Frost, Amber, uh, she's one of the Chapo girls.
1: Oh, she's from Indiana?
2: Yeah, I believe so, and I think she's done some anti-fascist protesting in Bloomington, actually, so it'd be fascinating to talk to her someday but she wrote
1: yeah
2: a a couple weeks ago i was reading an article she'd written in jacobin magazine and it was it was called it's still bernie bitch i think is the name of the article (laughs) and it was it was basically saying yes in 2016 we didn't get him through but in 2020 he's still the candidate basically and she said people are gonna say something like you know he's 80 years old by the time his second turn starts and she's like and she says but this guy like is so good that like you know, if he dies during the campaign, we're gonna like stuff sawdust us up his ass and use our hands like puppets to make his mouth move until the until the election is over. Oh my gosh, <laughs> it was an amazing passage. Wow, She's just like I don't care if this guy dies on day one. We need to get him in there and get him and his, his 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 presidency, his vice president, his policies, and so forth. And I, you know, I don't think that that's totally wrong. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> It's an interesting... Go, go check wow. the article or link to the article or something. It, wow. It's wild. Do you ever do you ever listen to Chapo?
1: Uh-uh. No, I know you've been talking about it. I know those guys have gotten in trouble here and there uh, for <laughs> being crass.
2: <laughs> yeah. They're, you know, they're entertaining. I, I, I like them. They're pretty funny sometimes. Sometimes the stuff's a little bit inside jokey, which is, I don't know, whatever. And they definitely like you know when i see like warren supporters crying about their treatment on on uh, twitter i imagine about 75% of it yep. comes from chapo trap house yes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they you know i don't know they are you know they're interesting they're interesting fellows and 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 the lady too mm-hmm. they're interesting people so yeah whatever but um so anyways it's it's an interesting article it's a it's a wild article it's kind of like almost like uh I don't know. What do you call it? Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Hmm. Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas.
1: Oh, yeah, because the Las Vegas debate got it.
2: No, no, no. Uh, the no. author. Oh, I'm blanking Hunter on his name. Hunter S. Thompson. Yeah, it's almost Thompson-esque, I guess, the way she she wrote this kind of it's very hmm. gonzo kind of like just <laughs> you know, this is how much we're gonna support Bernie. We're gonna like if he's dead, we're gonna stuff him with sawdust and like move him <laughs> like a puppet on the stage. It's like wow. Yeah. yeah okay. That's commitment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's I think she in a way she's right. Yeah. <laughs> I think a dead Sanders is better than a live Trump. <laughs> that's what I could wow. say. Yeah. <laughs> So, <laughs> so yeah
1: found our, our twenty twenty slogans here.
2: <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's I don't know. It's it's an interesting article. You'll have to I'll try to send it to you. You can like read it, yeah. let me know what you think. So Yeah. Um let's see, Pete Buttigieg says not good enough. We need to go back to the Obama standard of releasing our health reports. Uh Trump has changed the standard to a doctor's note. I'm willing to get a I'm willing to get a physical and release the release the re- results. It's like you're 38 years old and fresh out the military. Pete Buttigieg, of course, you're excited to go to a physical and release the results. <laughs> Nobody else on stage except for Amy Klobuchar shoots back later that she thinks she could beat him by blood pressure or something. Whatever. Um, uh, let's see, where are we at here? Okay, somehow they moved on to healthcare. I think. Sanders says, let's level, let's level. Uh, Pete, your plan is a maintenance continuation plan of, or let's level, let's level, Pete. Your plan is a maintenance continuation of the status quo. (laughs) Buttigieg says, on issue after issue after issue, this is what the Senator Sanders is saying. If you're not with him, if you're not all the way on his side, then you must be for the status quo. Which is, you know, partially a fair criticism of of uh, Sanders, but but I do think like, come on, Pete, you you named yours Medicare for all that won it, right? Come on, mm-hmm. <laughs> you're clearly trying to like latch onto the the popular phrasing that Bernie has done and you know use it for your own nefarious purposes, which is not Medicare for all in any stretch of the imagination. Exactly. <laughs> Um, they hit Bloomberg for not releasing his taxes and he says I can't go to TurboTax and why he won't release all his taxes at this time and Amy Klobuchar uh, she, she would release the physical she would release her tax returns and Bloomberg says we're releasing them they'll be out in a few weeks and that's just as fast as I can do it remember I only entered into this race 10 weeks ago all of my associates here have been at this for a couple of years and Pete Buttigieg says, he interjected, that's right, we've been engaging with voters. And Warren <laughs> says, uh, she started saying something, then she said, uh, ten, 10 weeks, uh, jump, jump, jump. She said something, then she said 10 weeks, because he's been in it for 10 weeks. And then she said, uh, pay overtime and get your taxes done. And he said, I wish it were that simple. It would save me a lot of money. And then, okay, then we get on to the topic of sexual harassment. And let me just say that while you're while you're listening to this, I think I think if you just imagine, uh, uh, let's just say that I mean, um, if, if uh, Bloomberg is a is a any kind of a sadomasochist or, or if he's a masochist, if he is a if he's at all into femdom. <laughs> if he's all into in, any kind of like the you know the There's a picture money in my extraction head, you. kink or something where like you know you're a rich guy and some woman extorts your money from you and oh, makes you pay uh,
1: her uh, pay pig is that what it is yes
2: yeah, if, if if he's yeah. got I think a psychologist should examine the man and see if he's got any of that freaky <laughs> shit going on because if he does then he just got the ride of his life at this debate from Elizabeth Warren let me tell you <laughs> so, because this is where it starts um they mentioned, you know, let's see, he, you, they said, you said, that's the way I grew up. And then you told one woman, I would do you in a second. And Pete Buttigieg says, oh, no, no, sorry, this isn't Buttigieg, Buttigieg this is Bloomberg. Look, let me say a couple of things, and if I can have my full minute and a quarter, thank you. Um, I have no tolerance for the kind of behavior that the Me Too movement has exposed, except when I did it and anybody that does (laughs) anything wrong in our company, we investigate it. And if it's appropriate, they're gone that day. You can't fire the boss, but let me tell you what I do at my company and my foundation and in the city government. When I was there in my foundation, the person that runs, it's a woman. We got 70% of the people. There are women in my company. Lots, lots and lots of women have big responsibilities. They get paid exactly the same as men. I'm thinking, Wow, this sounds like a really target-rich environment. <laughs> it's, you know, it's like, yeah, if you're a sexual harasser, it's awesome to have seventy percent of your staff be women. <laughs> it's yeah, like, right. <laughs> <wow>. <laughs> Never a dull moment for you, I'm sure. <laughs> okay, and at this point, um, let's see. They say, okay, Senator Warren, you've been critical of Mayor Pete on this, or Mayor Bloomberg on this issue and she says yes i have and i hope you heard what his defense was i've been nice to some women and that just doesn't cut it the mayor has to stand on his record and we need to know it exact and what we need to know is exactly what's lurking out there he he has gotten some number of women uh he has gotten some number of women dozens who knows to sign non-disclosure agreements both for sexual harassment and for gender discrimination in the workplace.
1: Yeah. You really got pounded on this. And I think it was Any really, Yeah, well yeah, right. <laughs> and deservedly. So I, I think the the point that really exposed the whole thing was like when you wouldn't even say how many. Not getting mm-hmm. into the details of what happened or uh, you know, what it was just verbal or whatever, just the the number. He couldn't even agree on the number, like how many people were out there with these agreements.
2: Yeah. Well, he, he's been a bad boy and he needs to get his spanking here. So <laughs> this continues. Yeah. Um, so, so she continues. Yeah. So Mr. Mayor, are you willing to release all those women from the non-disclosure agreements so we can hear their side of the story? And he said, uh, we have a very few non-disclosure agreements. How many is that? She interjects. Let me finish. How many is that? Um, none of them accused me of doing anything other than maybe they didn't like a joke I told. At this moment, they've kind of got the split screen and Warren's face shifts from like outrage to a, a smirk or kind of a grin because she's got him now. He's like, he's like. None of them accuse me of doing anything other than maybe they didn't like a joke I told. Like, these crazy bitches are totally overreacting. Right? It's like she's, she's got him right where she needs him right then. So she's, and and okay. so he says, and let me just put, and let me put, uh, these would be these would be comments between two parties, or these would be agreements between two parties that wanted to keep it quiet, and that's up to them. Ridiculous. They signed these agreements, and we'll live with it. And Joe Biden Come on (laughs) And then Elizabeth continues So wait, when you say it I just want to be clear Some is how many And when you say that they signed them And they wanted them If they wish now to speak out And tell their side of the story about it uh, uh, About it If they allege that's now okay with you You're releasing them on television tonight And he's like Senator now, is that right? Senator, the company and somebody else, in this case, a man or a woman, or it could be more than that, (laughs) I'm thinking, nice, he's pandering to the transgender community, even in the midst of this Me Too fiasco moment. It's amazing. (laughs) I'm, I'm really sure that Mike Bloomberg sexually harassed men and transgender employees as well as women at his companies. I'm sure that's... He's very he's very gender inclusive. He's very non non-binary no, friendly.
1: No one is safe from my advances. Nobody. <laughs> I'm totally equal. <laughs> yeah, it's
2: it's that's the dream, I think, it's some people's mind. Oh boy. Um so he says so he says senator of the company and somebody else in this case it was a a man or a woman mm. or it could be more than that. Um Let's see, they decided when they made an agreement that they wanted to keep it quiet for for everybody's interest for everybody's interest at this point, Joe Biden interjects again, come on, and he's like they signed the agreements, and that's what we're gonna live with uh and she's like, and no, the question is, are the women bound by being muzzled by you mm-hmm. and it it was yeah, it was wild. it continues a little bit after that yeah. um Bob, at this point, I'm going to have to switch to my headpiece. Okay, I'm sorry if that right, results in a diminished audio quality, but um. No, oh, no, it's it's not that bad. I? Okay. Um, but yeah, at this point, I'm switching to sticky notes, and that means that I actually have to access the original chat log or the dialogue on my.
1: I hope I hope you're. Uh, I hope you're happy, Amy Klobuchar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Should hang stick-
2: hang one second. All right. Can you hear me now? Yo, yo, turn my headphones up. Moment of being a rapper here. Hold on, let me grab my papers. Oh, okay, let's see. This is where it gets complicated. Let's see if Amy Klobuchar's sticky notes are going to pull their weight here. Um, okay. So Biden goes on attack on the non-disclosure agreements here. Let me see where I can find this. Sorry, this is – okay, Bob, this is all going to have to be edited because it's going to take a moment to get to this point in the chat. Okay, so Biden starts the attack here now. He says, look, let's get something straight here. It's easy. All the mayor has to do is say you are released from the non disclosed agreement, period. We talk about transparency here. This guy got himself in trouble, and he couldn't disclose what he did. He went to his company. Uh, let's see. He went to the company. said, I want to be released. I want to be able to do it. Look, this is about transparency. Okay, so from the very beginning, whether it's your health record, whether it's your taxes, whether you have cases against you, whether or not people have signed non-disclosure agreements, you think you think that women, in fact, were ready to say, I don't want anybody to know about what you did to me. Uh, that's not how it works. The way it works is they say, look, this is what you did to me. And the mayor comes along with his attorney and says... I will give you this amount of money if you promise you'll never say anything. That's how it works. Um, and they say, Mayor Bloomberg, final word to you. He says, I've said we're not going to end these agreements because they were made consensually, and they have every right to expect that they will stay private. Um, and Joe Biden says, if they want to release it, they should be able to release themselves. Say yes. Hmm. Um, Uh, let's see. And Bernie Sanders says, you know, in 2004, uh, this is kind of getting off topic, but he says that, uh, everybody wants to talk about electability, but Mayor Bloomberg was supporting George W. Bush for president in 2004. Um, he put money into Republican candidates for the United States Senate when some of us, Joe and I and others were fighting for Democrats to control the United States Senate. Um... Let's see, let me, let's see, next one, next important point, I think, was Klobuchar. Uh, They asked her about forgetting the name of the Mexican president, Obrador, (laughs) Mm -hmm. and and she says, uh, of course, of course, and I I don't think that that momentary forgetfulness actually reflects what I know about Mexico and how much I care about it, and I want to say greetings to President Lopez Obrador, and I think she kind of like messed up his name, his first name. Secondly, what I meant, what I meant, the game of Jeopardy is that I think we could all come up with things. You know how many members there are in the Israeli Nesset? Uh, 120. He's the president of Honduras? She says, Hernandez. And she says, when it comes to Mexico, I am the one person on this stage that came out first to say I was for the U.S.-Mexican-Canadian
0: trade agreement. That is going to be
2: one of the number of one duties of a president is implement that. We talked about that in the last debate, I think. Vanessa Houck says, Senator Klobuchar, my colleague specifically asked you if you could name the president of Mexico, and your response was no. Yes, that's right, and I said that I made an error. I think having a president who maybe is humble and is able to admit that maybe wouldn't be a bad thing. And they say, Mayor Bloomberg, Mayor Buttigieg, your response? He says, yeah, look, I wouldn't liken this to trivia. I'm I'm actually didn't know how many members were in the Knesset. So the Knesset, I'm forgetting how to pronounce that one. So you got me there. She says, well, there you go. He says, but you're staking your candidacy on the Washington, on your Washington experience. You're on the committee that oversees border security. You're on the committee that does trade. You're literally part of the committee that's overseeing those things and we're not able to speak to literally the first thing about the politics of the country to our South. And then she comes after, are you trying to say I'm dumb? Are you mocking me here, Pete? (laughs) He's saying, I'm saying you shouldn't trivialize that knowledge. She says, I made an error. People sometimes forget names, especially if you're Amy Klobuchar. (laughs) I am the one that has number one, has the experience based on passing over a hundred bills. Um, Thank you, Senator. They're trying to wrap her up. And she says, if I could respond, this was a pretty big allegation. Quickly, please. He's basically saying that I don't have the experience to be president of the United States. I have passed over 100 bills as the lead Democrat since being in the U.S. Senate. Uh, I am the one, not you, that has won statewide in congressional district after congressional district. And I will say, when you tried in Indiana, Pete, to run... What happened to you? You lost by over twenty points to someone who later lost my friend Joe Donnelly. So don't tell me about experience. what what unites us here is that we want to win, and I think we should have a proven winner in charge of the ticket. Um, let's see, and then your response, Mayor Buttigieg. This is the race for president. If winning a race for Senate in Minnesota translated directly to becoming president, I would have grown up under the president of presidency of Walter Mondale. This is different. And the reason that I think we need to talk about Washington experience, da, 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 you know, it, it goes on. Okay, Okay. so then they're trying to change the subject. Lester Holt is trying to change the subject. And Elizabeth Warren says, can I just defend Senator Klobuchar for a minute? Girl power. Here we go again. <laughs> this is not right. I understand that she forgot a name. It happens. It happens to everybody on this stage. Look, you want to ask about whether or not you understand trade policy with Mexico? Have at it. And if you get it wrong, man, you've you got to be held accountable for that. You want to ask about the economy and you get it wrong, you ought to be held accountable. You want to ask about a thousand different issues and you get it wrong, you ought to be held accountable. But let's just be clear. Missing a name all by itself does not indicate that you do not understand what's going on and I just think that this is unfair. And then Vanessa Alex says Senator Warren you're right but Amy Klobuchar could not could not discuss Mexican policy either. Elizabeth Warren says fair enough. So so the point was like it wasn't just that she didn't know the president's name she also couldn't discuss Mexican policy after Elizabeth Warren had made this whole speech about how uh, you know, just not knowing a name is not enough to be discredited, so it's not fair to attack Amy for this. And they're like, well, actually, she didn't know the policy either. It's like, oh, fair enough, okay. Um, things keep going. Joe Biden talks about he has experience. They start talking about the climate. Um, let's see. Warren attacks Klobuchar again. Okay, this is another interesting part. So Elizabeth Warren says... Um, But listen to Senator Klobuchar's point. She says we have to think smaller in order to get it passed. I don't think that's the right approach here. Why can't we get anything passed in Washington on climate? Everyone understands the urgency, but we've got two problems. The first is corruption, an industry that makes its money felt all through Washington. The first thing I want to do in Washington is pass my anti-corruption bill so that we can start making the changes we need to make on climate. The second is the filibuster. If you're not willing to roll back the filibuster, then you're giving the fossil fuel industry a veto over all of our work that we need to do. Again, this is one of those points where I actually agree with her more than, you know, Bernie or others. I think
3: mm-hmm.
2: we've talked about before the the filibuster needs to go. <clears throat> um, let's see. uh okay joe biden takes a shot joe biden transitions from the environment back to guns at the end he says um he says companies should be able to be sued Uh, They should be able to be held personally accountable and they should not only not only the company, not only the stock, not the stockholders, but the CEOs of those companies. They should be engaged. And it's a little bit like, look, this is the industry we should be able to sue. We should go after just like we did the drug companies, just like we did with the tobacco company. The only company we can't go after are gun manufacturers because of my buddy here. But that's different. So he's taking a shot at at at, um, at Sanders. Um, so finally, they come to taxes. I think. Mm. Joe Biden says no taxes on small businesses. Challenge uh, China's Belt and Road policy. They're spreading dirty, gold, dirty coal from Mongolia around to all of the countries that China's brought into the Belt and Road. Bloomberg says, "He says I think I'm the only one here who's even started a business. Is that fair?" Okay, <laughs> it's kind of like talking to himself. Um, let's see. Sanders attacks Bloomberg. Okay, he says, uh, "All right, when we talk about a corrupt political system bought by billionaires like Mr. Bloomberg, it manifests itself in a tax code." In which not only is Amazon and many other corporations, some owned by the wealthiest people in the country, not paying a nickel in taxes, we have the insane situation that billionaires today, if you can believe it, have an executive tax rate lower than the middle class. So maybe just, uh, and then Michael Bloomberg interjects, Senator, you wrote, you were writing the tax code. Why are you complaining? You wrote the code. And Bernie says, you did. You and your campaign contributions.
0: And Michael Bloomberg says, no,
2: you and the other 99 senators. And Bernie says, not me. You and your campaign contributions are electing people to represent the wealthy and the powerful. Uh, Michael Bloomberg said, yes, those are the Democrats. Thank you. And Bernie said, well, and Republicans, too. And George W. Bush, as well. And Chuck Todd tries to, Senator Klobuchar, let me address. And Amy says, I was just, I was thinking there was going to be a rematch on Saturday in Vegas, and those guys should go down there. That's
3: so their local
1: Again.
2: reference. Yeah. <laughs> He's been making these references to, like, Las gambling. Vegas, <laughs> gambling and all this stuff. You can't gamble with numbers that don't even exist.
1: Your money like on red, and I am red. <laughs> okay. In this metaphor.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, then. I think the next question... Okay. <laughs> was like, um some people are saying that, um, so Senator Sanders, what do you mean that you don't think billionaires should exist? What does that mean? And, you know, Bernie says what he says and stuff, and then Bloomberg, they come to Bloomberg, and they say, Mayor Bloomberg, should you
1: exist?
2: <laughs> this is a very existential place to take a democratic debate, I must say. <laughs> <laughs> you know, very
1: existential. Very philosophical, yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yeah should you exist? And the answer is resounding no, of
2: course. (laughs) Um, He says, like, I can't speak for all billionaires. All I know is I've been very lucky. Made a lot of money and I'm giving it away to make the country better. A good chunk of it goes to the Democratic Party as well. (laughs) Um, Is it too much? You should be thankful for the scraps I give you peasants. (laughs) 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 Uh,
3: He's
2: like, yeah, Chuck Todd, is it too much? Have you earned too much money? Has it been an obscene obscene amount of... Should you have earned that much money? And Michael Bloomberg: yes, I worked very hard for it. And I'm giving it away. (laughs) Why are you giving it away if you earned it and you deserve it? (laughs) Like, the fact that you're giving it away is like... That's an admission almost, isn't
1: it? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. Yeah. Um,
2: Okay, so... Okay, so anyways, that was was kind of fun. He goes after Bernie. Bloomberg says... uh, this is ridiculous we're not going to throw out capitalism we tried that other countries tried that and it was called communism and it just didn't work and bernie of course wants to attack back but they move on and stuff until he does come back to it later um okay they okay so we're going to come to the next question which is where um Okay, Senator Sanders, Chuck Todd. Senator Sanders, my next question is for you. Senator Sanders, our latest NBC News Wall Street Journal poll released yesterday. Two-thirds of all voters said they were uncomfortable with a socialist candidate for president. What do you say to these voters, sir? And Bernie's pissed off. He's like, what was the result of the poll? Who was winning? And Chuck Todd's like, the question's to you. Well, the The question was that I was winning, I think, (laughs) by a fairly comfortable margin. That's not the question, Bernie, but continue.
1: (laughs) Don't stop me. Don't (laughs) me stop you now.
2: Yeah. He says, I think I was winning by a fairly comfortable margin. You might mention that, but here's the point. Let's talk about democratic socialism, not communism, Mr. Bloomberg. That's a cheap shot. Let's talk about democratic. Let's talk about what goes on in countries like Denmark, where... Pete correctly earlier pointed out they have much higher quality of life in many respects than we do. What are we talking about? Um, We are living in many ways in a socialist society right now. Problem is, as Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. reminded us, we have socialism for the very rich, rugged individualism for the poor. Um, And then, you know, let's see, um, so, hold on. Okay, this is where things go insane, because this is where I started having to... Okay, yeah, okay, here we go. So, socialism for the rich, regulation for... Okay. And then he mentions Trump, Donald Trump, you know, getting, getting money, you know, getting tax back, getting things from the government in order to build his buildings for the rich. Walmart, you know, not paying fair for their wages and stuff. So he talked about examples of socialism for the rich. Um... There was a testy exchange
1: with Bloomberg.
3: Um, Uh
1: mm, uh,
2: Okay, so let's see. um, uh, Michael Bloomberg says, what a wonderful country we have
3: the best-known
2: socialist in the country, happens to be a millionaire with three houses. What did I miss here? <laughs> Bernie says, well, you missed that I work in Washington, Washington, House 1. And Michael Bloomberg says, that's the first problem. He says, live in Burlington, Burlington, House 2. Michael Bloomberg says, that's good. And, Bernie says, and, I le- and like thousands of other Vermonters, I do have a summer camp. Forgive me that. Where is your home? Which tax? And he says, Uh, or which tax cap, forgive me for that, where is your home, which tax, okay, sorry, for some reason there's an inaudible thing here, okay, Uh, forgive me for that, where is your home, Um, which tax haven do you have your home, and Michael Bloomer says, New York, New York City, thank you very much, and I pay all my taxes, and I'm happy to do it, because I get something for it, and let me say, I thought that the senator next to me was half right, Elizabeth Warren says something, and he says, I agree we should raise taxes on the. I disagree with the senator on the health wealth tax, but I do agree with her that the rich aren't paying their, paying their fair share. We should raise taxes for the rich, as I did when I was mayor of New York City. I raised taxes, and you take a look at my plans. Bernie or Pete Buttigieg says, No, look, it's true that I was into Bernie before it was cool. And Bernie looks genuinely thankful and he's like, Thank you. It's like he was a congressman at the time, and the qualities admirers admires then are qualities I still respect a great deal. Um, and I never said that I agree with every part of his policy views then or now, but I appreciate that he's straightforward and honest about it. And he's honest about the fact that taxes will go up on everybody making anybody making more than $29,000 to fund the health care plan. Although, again, I'm a little bit vague about how the rest of the gap. And Bernie Sanders says, but you're not being honest. The premiums would be eliminated. And Pete says, but you're still raising those taxes. And th- when you do it. And Bernie says, I'm saving people money because they don't pay any premiums, out-of-pocket expenses, co-payments, or deductibles. They're going to be much better off. And Pete says, but where's the other $25 trillion supposed to come from? At a certain point, you've got to do the math. Well, we've got it all up there on the Internet. It's a payroll tax. <laughs> no, but even after the payroll tax, we still have a hole. And Elizabeth Warren saying, understanding something. And Bernie says, because we have a wealth tax. Elizabeth has a good one. Ours is a little bit tougher on Mr. Bloomberg than, Hertz, than hers. We're going to raise it in a progressive way, which deals with income and wealth inequality, and so on, and so on, and so on. And Elizabeth Warren's still cross talking. Chuck Todd's giving Elizabeth Warren 45 seconds.
3: Oh, it's, it's, it's
2: amazing <laughs> to read this. Um, uh, let's see. Dreamers. Oh, my goodness. Okay, we're, Bob. We're getting down to it, and we're we're very close here. I'm afraid. Oh wow. <laughs> we're almost. I I've got to like I've got to make a murder board here to figure out.
3: <laughs> okay.
2: I've got three in one spot and two in another, and narrow the the five shall meet. Okay. So Elizabeth Warren says Amy and Joe's hearts are in the right place, uh, but we can't be so eager to be liked by Mitch McConnell that we forget how to fight the Republicans. And Amy says, seriously, Elizabeth and Elizabeth Warren continues, Mayor Buttigieg has been taking money from big donors and changing his positions. But he says, that's just not true. <laughs> and, and Elizabeth continues. So it makes it clear that where he stands for other than his own. So it makes it unclear what he stands, what it is that he stands for other than his own advancement. Uh, this is another this is the second example of Elizabeth Warren attacking everybody so that they all are like trying to attack back at the same time and looking foolish. Um, Chuck Powell says, okay, Senator, thank you. Senator Klobuchar, go ahead. You've got this. And Pete says, I'll be very clear. Senator Klobuchar, go ahead. You've got the floor for 45. Go. Amy Klobuchar, thank you. Number one, I have repeatedly said that we have to win big. And the way we win big is by winning states like Nevada, but also winning Senate races in Nevada and Colorado and beyond. And the reason that I, we want to do it is to send Mitch McConnell packing. It's like, Amy... Nevada and Arizona aren't going to send Mitch McConnell packing. <laughs> Kentucky will. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and, and I think when you look at my history, I am the one that has done that. I am the one that can lead this ticket. And just because I'm willing to talk about common ground, that's where America is. It is not with Mitch McConnell, who has 400 bills on his desk, that we should pass if we get rid of him. Okay, so Elizabeth Warren says the vice president said, I hope that Mitch McConnell gets reelected so that I can keep working with him. Well, Mitch did get reelected. He did not have an epiphany. Instead, he blocked nearly everything that Obama tries to pass, and he stole a Supreme Court seat. At this point, Biden interjects, come on, and she says, from the Democrats. So that was pretty wild. He says, Mitch McConnell, I've been the... This- I've been the object of his affection and the president's affection, the way he's gone after me, this new Republican Party, after me, after my son, after my family. I don't need to be told I'm a friend of Mitch McConnell's. Mitch McConnell has been the biggest pain in my neck in a long time, long, long time. So that's number one. Okay, so and so Okay, so this is where Elizabeth Warren responds. And so, no, the point is different. Here's what happened. According to The New York Times, the last time that Mitch McConnell was on the ballot Vice President Biden stood up in the Oval Office and said, I hope that Mitch gets reelected so we can keep working with him. And Joe Biden, that's taken totally out of context. Well, Mitch did get re get reelected. He did not have an epiphany. Instead, he blocked really everything that Barack Obama tried to pass. And Joe Biden said, did you ever win anything? She says, he stole a Supreme Court seat. Come on. From the Democrats. And she says, the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau? Which is the thing she won, I guess. Mm -hmm. So she went went wild after him right there, Um, rightly so I think.
1: Remember he, when he was like at the other debate? I got you those votes. Did a great job in your job.
2: (laughs) Yep, (laughs) pretty bad mansplaining Joe. Oh
3: yeah. Okay, so, all
2: right. The next question is about. Oh, oh, Joe also at this point at some point said they came after my family. It's only sixty seconds. It's not up yet again. So he's talking about his timing. Okay, we're coming down to the final two. Okay, Dreamers. Um,
3: uh, what?
2: How will you protect the Dreamers? Okay, thank you, Senator. Our next question goes to Amy Klobuchar. About 700,000 young people known as Dreamers, or soñadores, were brought into this country as children, are currently protected from deportation because of, because of a program that is un, now under the review of the Supreme Court. If the court sides with the Trump administration, which is eager to end this protection what exactly is your plan to protect the dreamers permanently amy klobuchar to win to beat donald trump that's the best way to protect the dreamers is to have a new president um so she goes on about this for a little while um she's standing up for immigrants uh she tried to explain it in her state. She found a 99-year-old Hispanic war veteran who was a Dreamer who was brought over to this country. He just had to go to Canada for a night, and then he came back, and he was a permanent citizen because they needed him to serve in World War II. Now it's not so easy. The Dreamers are our future. So important in Nevada. Best way we can beat Trump. Past comprehensive immigration reform. Pathway to citizenship. Hardworking people. Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. And then they come to Pete Buttigieg, which is where it gets interesting. Um, He says, if you're going to run on your record, if you're going to run based on your record of voting in Washington, then you have to own those votes, especially when it comes to immigration. You voted to confirm the head of Customs and Border Protection under Trump, who was one of the architects of the family separation policy. You voted to make English the national language. Do you know the message that sends in a multilingual state as Nevada to immigrants? You've been unusual among Democrats. I think the Democrat among all the senators running for president most likely to vote for Donald Trump's judges, who we know are especially hostile to dreamers and to the rights of immigrants. Um, Let's see. And Vanessa Houck says, thank you. Uh, Senator Klobuchar? She says, I wish everyone was as perfect as you, Pete, but let me tell you what it's like to be in the arena. Number one, do the math. If my friend Andrew Yang was up here, that's what he'd say. In fact, I have opposed, not supported, two-thirds of the Trump judges. So look at my – so get your numbers right. Da-da-da-da. Let's see. So then she she says, oh, you know, the, the Trump judge I, or the Trump, Trump head I supported was, like, supported by the Obama administration because he was one of the few qualified people that Trump nominated or something. All right. Contested convention. They asked about the contested convention, and mm-hmm. basically, Bloomberg, Warren, Biden, Buttigieg let the thing run its course. Mm. Sanders says no, you know, and of course, we talked about this already. Mm-hmm. Um, closing statements. Okay, we're finally to closing statements here. Amy Klobuchar says something. Okay, Mitch or Bloomberg, let's see, Bloomberg. He said, oh, Mike Bloomberg says, Well, you can join me at MikeBloomberg.com, too, if you want to, but I'm not asking for any money. (laughs) Weird weird flex, bro, but okay. Um, Look, this is a... He continues. Look, this is a management job, and Donald Trump's not a manager. This is a job where you have to build teams. He doesn't have a team, so he goes and makes decisions without knowing what's going on or the implications of what he does. We cannot run the railroad this way.
3: Um... Let's see.
2: Uh, let's see. Um, next one was Buttigieg, then there was Warren, then Biden. When Biden started speaking, um, there was some protesting in the in the audience. Yeah,
3: Maybe. I couldn't really
2: figure out what that was about. Yeah, it'd be interesting to know. Actually, there's probably a story about it somewhere, but yeah. And he attacks Bernie and his thing. Okay, he says, lastly, I think it's important that on day one, we deal with sending an immigration bill to the desk. The only person in here that has the worst record on immigration is Bernie because Bernie voted against the 2007 bill. All right, thank you, okay. Uh, Had, in fact, that thank you, thank you. Immigration bill passed. Thank you, Mr. Vice President. There would be 10, uh, 6 million members would be, okay, now American citizens. All right, Senator Sanders, you have one minute for your closing argument. Okay. Uh, and Bernie says, unfortunately, RULAC and among other groups, Latino groups, saw this bill having pro- provisions akin to slavery, Joe. So I don't know what the story with the 2007 bill was. but Yeah, I was like wondering different.
1: about that myself. <laughs> so.
2: Yeah, it sounds pretty complicated. Um, yeah, anyways... Uh, yeah, Bernie Sanders gives you know his speech about you know the end of the campaign and everything, or the continuation of the campaign, and frankly, that's the end. And oh my God! All right. Well, anyway, so that was that was the ninth debate in Las Vegas, Nevada, from NBC and MSNBC News. Uh, sorry, it got a little bit
1: incoherent there at the end. That's okay. We'll just do some editing.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty extensive editing, I guess. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, um. Yeah. Yeah. Any thoughts or questions?
1: No, I thought that was good. I mean, it's it's like I said, it's kind of funny to know how it turned out with uh, Amy and Pete. I wonder if that was like a chilly uh, plane ride over to the Biden campaign, or if they took separate (laughs) flights or whatever.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. A lot. I think a lot has been made about how much it's how little like Amy Klobuchar does to show her to hide her disdain for Mayor Buttigieg. Mm Mm-hmm. And like I, I do think there's this thing where like um, you know like a lot of people on the left don't like Pete Buttigieg and he's you know he's a snake or a rat or whatever he's a rat right Warren's a snake he's yeah, the rat exactly. this is we got to keep our enemies straight Bob. Uh, so <laughs> um, but my point is like um, oh god uh, sorry my brain is. Uh, My brain is so fried from trying to synthesize all this information and talk (laughs) at the same time. It's like, uh, oh, you know, people like people don't like Pete Buttigieg. And so they want to like support like, you know, people like you, uh, you go, girl, Amy. Yeah, you're right. Get him. Amy Klobuchar is so pissed at, you know, Pete Buttigieg, just like we all are. It's like, yes, but. Amy Klobuchar is also a horrible candidate in her own right. And uh-huh. Pete Buttigieg actually has some good points. Like she's trying to be up there on stage and be all pro-immigrant when she was one of these people who was talking about, you know, voting to make English the national language, you know, mm-hmm. in America, which is clearly, a, you know, a racial like, you know, fuck you to Hispanic Americans, right? It's like, mm-hmm. that's the message. That's the mess. You know, if you're in America and you speak English You speak English. That's normal. Your life is pretty convenient. Like you don't need to pass laws to, you know, litigate that or whatever. So, Mm -hmm. so, you know, so I'm not going to be one of these people who jumps on and says, yeah, you go, Amy. Come on, put Pete Buttigieg in this place. Like he's not a great candidate. He's, you know, betrayed the things that he seemed to stand for at the very beginning. Maybe he never really stood for them. He's a politician, I suppose. But Amy Klobuchar yeah. is a despicable person in in her own ways, I think. so. but yeah, Pete, you know, I'm done we're done with them both right now. I'm pretty happy about that unless like they hand Biden the election right now. So yeah, yeah, it's kind of like that alien versus predator thing. No matter who wins, we lose. Yeah, between between Klobuchar and Buttigieg. So, yeah. Anyway, something to think about.
3: hmm Yeah. So we'll make, today
2: you know. today is literally Super Tuesday. In America, mm-hmm. it's super – I mean, in Korea, it's Super Wednesday right now. 53 <laughs> minutes into it. So. But uh, I'm expecting – I'm really looking forward to waking up and figuring out what the hell happened in all these various states. Although I'm sure probably, like, we may not even still have results in some of them, like California or whatever. So. Mm-hmm.
1: No, I I I to make any to make a bold prediction, I think that uh, Bernie's going to do well. I would I would guess that would be my guess. So
2: Yeah. I th- I think like I mean one thing that could happen is the stuff with Buttigieg and Amy has just happened so abruptly and their names may still be on ballots in some places and stuff like that or people maybe you know the you know people complain about uh you know uh Sanders for not dropping out sooner in the 2016 campaign is like if your candidate drops out the day before the election you know you may find yourself wanting to write them in you know you're like fuck that this is the person i've been wanting to vote for and tomorrow i'm voting and now they drop out and you want me to vote for biden it's like no so i don't think we know what happens i don't know if we know where these voters are going to redound to to use that word we we uh put back into the popular lexicon in the last last debate. We're bringing it back. back. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. So, um, so I think that there's some chance that there's some confusion on amongst the supporters of people who were, you know, knocked out. I think that there's, you know, and I think that there's also the possibility that some people who chose Klobuchar and probably not many or Pete Buttigieg, even like their second choice is Bernie Sanders and they're going to go to him. So I have no idea where this puts it, but you know, they always say Sanders has got a high high floor. They don't. Nobody knows what his ceiling is, but um, there's probably a ceiling out there somewhere. But I don't know what's going to happen. He was the he was the front runner. He may still be the front runner. We'll see what happens tomorrow.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I've, I've got a pretty good feeling about it. So
2: yeah, California is is, is basically going to be his probably. Mm-hmm. Knock on wood, and but I, I think. Uh, Texas is the big question. They're saying if he has a massive blowout in Texas over over uh, you know over uh, Biden, if it's like a double digits win over Biden or something in Texas, then it may almost just about be over.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's another thing too. If if Bernie, I don't mean to, maybe this won't equal him winning Texas in the general but man think about what would happen if that happened like they've been talking about a purple Texas for a long time and man if they could flip that blue we're talking about a whole new what battleground stadium means so I'm excited to see if that happens because that'll really flip the board over as far as what people's expectations are so
2: yeah unfortunately we won't
1: know about that until November but um
2: because like yeah it's still the primary but yeah I think he's got a good shot down there in the primary right now and and maybe even in the general too. Mm-hmm. I've heard plenty of Texans saying, like, you know, people always complain like that we're perpetually going going blue, but never actually get there. But they're saying, no, I think I think you'll find that it's not just one or two cities here or there. I think that there's you're going to find that there's more blues coming up every day or something. So we'll see what happens. You know, knock on wood, we've been wrong before, but mm-hmm. hopefully so. Mm-hmm. Florida may be irrevocably lost with the with the Cuba stuff right now, though. I'm afraid. Yeah.
1: But that, you know, didn't get that one last time, and you know, it's been a while since a Democrat did. So <laughs> I don't know. Yeah.
2: Yeah. People say like Florida is pretty important though for you know for Democrats to win. Florida is very important. True. I think like in 2016, I, I remember when Florida went for Trump. I was like. And that was like one of the big moments where it was like, OK, this thing is definitely mm-hmm. not going Clinton's way. It's like, yeah. but hopefully, you know, hopefully he's he builds up a firewall in some of those, uh, you know, northern industrial states, the Rust Belt or whatever that, you know, that Hillary Clinton had already was already losing at that point. I think so. Right. Uh, anyways, anyways,
1: <laughs> I don't
2: know. I, I probably have got to start thinking about bed over here. I got to work tomorrow and stuff. But uh, right <laughs> we got another one in the can here.
1: Yeah, thanks a lot for doing it. Yeah, like I said, we've only got one left, and then we'll be all caught up. And then there's uh, just one more, I think. It's on the 15th. That's all I see. Maybe there it is. After that, it's TBA.
2: The the Ides of March. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah,
2: right. I'm excited to see the next debate stage, because it's going to be like three people, probably. Yeah,
1: finally down to a palpable...
2: Yeah, I'm ready I'm ready for that. Mm-hmm. And if if you know, one thing I think coming up for the next debate is they say that it sounds like the the crowd was stocked with uh with uh with moderates mm-hmm. who are like booing Sanders and Warren every chance and cheering the others and stuff. Yeah. So, uh, I'm sure that'll be
1: exasperating. But <laughs> yeah.
2: We'll oh. see how it
1: goes. <laughs> Go yeah. in the middle. Yay, the middle. Yeah. We can't have all the
2: things we really want and deserve. You're right. I don't need it. I don't want it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Medicare for all who want it. And America says maybe we don't want it.
1: Don't you try to give me health care. Don't you do it.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: We don't, we don't deserve it.
2: Something. Yeah. I don't know. I don't even know what they're thinking. Yeah. But... <laughs> uh. Anyways, it's 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 fascinating. So, continues to be a, a crazy race. You know, the coronavirus thing is happening in America now.
3: Mm-hmm. Mike
2: Mike Pence, the man who botched the HIV AIDS outbreak in uh, mid 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 eastern Indiana,
1: I believe. Before Scott becoming County, Scott County, yep, had sub sub Saharan level, African levels of HIV infection uh, because he wouldn't open a needle exchange for uh, religious reasons.
2: So, yeah. Yeah, so he's now in charge of our uh, our outbreak response. So, yeah, good luck, America. Hey, anyway. uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm planning to fly back in about a month, uh, but I don't plan to be uh, patient zero. So. <laughs> yeah. Right.
1: Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but uh, but he uh, he he wiped his nose at the press conference. Uh, before shaking hands with all the doctors and then um apparently i just read that he was at like a west point graduation or something a couple days ago and now one of the people he shook hands with has been quarantined
2: all right well anyways Bob, i will let you get going there okay cool well hey
1: thanks a lot and uh, let's do it again soon i'm gonna try to get more of these out uh on a rapid clip so
2: okay Yep. All right. We'll talk to you. Yeah. Talk to you soon, Bob. I'll try to start putting in work on that next damn debate. <laughs> <laughs> my, my brain definitely needs a couple of days like recuperating
1: time like, dealing with this one. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. Have a good night, Chad All
3: right. yep yeah. Bye, bye, Bob.
0: join the Rob Burgess Show mailing list. Go to tinyletter.com forward slash the Rob Burgess Show and type in your email address. Then respond to the automatic message. Also, please make sure to comment, follow, like, subscribe, share, rate, and review everywhere the podcast is available, including iTunes, YouTube, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Twitter, Internet Archive, TuneIn, RSS, and now Spotify. The official website for the podcast is www.therobburgessshow.com. You can find out more about me by visiting my website, www.thisburgess.com. If you have something to say, record a voice memo on your smartphone and send it to therobburgesshow at gmail.com. Include voice memo in the subject line of the email. Also, if you want to call or text the show for any reason, the number is 317-674-3547. Until next time.